Hi guys, welcome to the SOS show. I am Suchita, I am a filmmaker and I deeply believe in the mental health cause. It's something that is close to my heart, something that I often see in my environment. I am committed to the cause of mental health and I have made a lot of short documentaries with people suffering and transforming themselves uh, with various mental health issues. Uh, we are committed to creating an awakening and a transformation in mental health space. On the SOS show, we are going to have some real stories, some eclectic conversations and some definite transformations as we move forward together. We are going to break all the taboos around mental health, every single topic that has been swept under the carpet from mild to severe form of mental health will be discussed and dissected in the show. Today we are in conversation with Kenton Hall, uh, who is a Canadian author, musician and filmmaker and he's living and working in the UK. He is a writer and director of the film A Dozen Summers and a solo artist and lead singer of The Bandist and the author of the new book Bisection detailing his life with twin daughters and bipolar disorder. We're happy that Kenton is joining us from UK for this very interesting conversation which is mental health and parenting. Hi Kenton, welcome to the SOS show. Hello, thank you for having me. Kenton, where are you right now? Which country? I am in Leicester in the United Kingdom. It's uh, probably one of the most challenging things that I've faced with mental illness because I think mental illness can be very isolating, but when you have children that's not an option because mm-hmm. you do have people who not only are their physical needs are your responsibility, but their emotional needs are your responsibility and when your own emotions are kind of constantly in flux. Yeah. It uh, can take a lot to sort of get that um, balanced. Yes. At at what point did you discover that you know you were uh, suffering from uh, a bipolar disorder? Um I uh, I had always been suffering but it was, I had a crisis um and unfortunately a suicide attempt when I was 16 and that was the point at which doctors kind of decided that to, that they made an official diagnosis. So I've been By the time I had children I'd already been living with it uh, for about 9 years. Mhm. Uh so it, but it was something I think particularly when you're younger I don't think I was managing it particularly well and there were other sort of you know life issues as well and being a teenager with your hormones equally in flux it's not necessarily the best time to start grappling with the uh, <laughs> mental health problems but yes. um I had like a lot of creatives that sort have of got into my head that if I took medication for it then that would somehow interrupt the flow of my creativity which you know proved not to be the case when I finally did get treatment but mm-hmm. for a long time I lived without medication and tried to ride the wave usually mm-hmm. unsuccessfully um but when the when the girls came along I have twin daughters they're 17 now Um yes. you know you, you do have that sort of sudden pull of I got to get everything together I have to have I have this responsibility I need to look after these people but at the same time you're jumping back and forth between elation and depression and trying to manage your own sort of mentality and it, you know it's very challenging Absolutely um but Kenton you are a filmmaker you have made a film the dozen summers which got released um two years back you had mentioned uh, yesterday and you're also okay. a musician Um, That's right. Yes. Um how did you sort of balance and you know uh, ban out your career with mental illness? I think it's I mean there's two aspects obviously, you know, with bipolar some of the mania can be a tremendous creative drive. It does you do make sort of leaps of uh, inspiration that you wouldn't make otherwise, but mm. at the same time 
uh, it has a knock-on effect on your emotional and physical health. Um, I think as well, there's a pro- the problem in the creative industries where there are quite a few people that sort of suffer from bipolar and other mental illnesses is that some of the behavior that comes with it doesn't get noticed as much because it is a heightened environment. People do behave more extremely and uh, that can have an effect on how quickly you get treatment. Um, I think, you know, I was running at the end of my uh, energy all the time because particularly in the early days of building any kind of career in the arts, it's it's extremely long hours, it's extremely difficult to kind of get yourself noticed. And when you're in a manic stage, you just push yourself past the point of your own limitations. So it was it was it was difficult. Um, I think personally, I always just had a drive to do it and I felt that need to create but at the same time, as I've gotten older and sort of learned to work with my mental illness a little bit more, that's kind of opened up the way that I write and the way that I think. And I think it does give you a certain amount of empathy for people, which is very useful, obviously, as a writer and a performer. Mm-hmm. Did that sort of affect your daily you know, routine in terms of your career, like going out there, meeting people, trying to do your daily transactions regarding work? How did you handle that? It depended which way um, I was swinging. When I was in a manic phase, I was out, you know, talking 100 miles an hour, making contacts, running around, doing things, being with people. If I was in a depressive phase, you know, obviously sometimes it's a struggle even to get out of bed in the morning and certainly to take on sort of a 16 hour day of tasks um, can, you know, it can break, break you quite quickly. And certainly there have been times when I've had big projects and the film and certain albums that I've made where, you know, I have crashed really hard after sort of the promotional period because I have not been sort of managing my limitations terribly well. Um, But that's something that you kind of get, you learn your limitations slowly over time. And if you have the support system, which I have, then you have people that are watching out for you and saying you need to slow down or you need to maybe go and see your doctor again. So it is. Yeah. It becomes a learning curve of sort of managing it. But it does. It absolutely has an effect. And with mania, you can become very, very singularly focused, which means even if you are taking care of everything to do with your career, you may not be taking care of everything at home. Your relationships suffer. Um, you, you're on edge all of the time, and you can't. And you're not necessarily seeing things clearly. So it's yeah. It's a it's a minefield. Mm-hmm. When you decided to get married, uh, did your partner know about this? How did you tell that to her? And how did you sort of manage your marriage? I think, you know, one, the sing- becoming singularly focused can be very damaging to a relationship because you can get very fixated on one idea or a particular part of your career to the, and not realize that that's having a knock-on effect on your relationships with other people. I'm a single father now, and that's a lot of that to do is because of sort of the way I've poorly managed my mental health in the past, just not being as aware of what a relationship needs to be maintained. Um, Thankfully, you know, I I, I still have the support system of those people. They're very understanding, but someone being understanding doesn't necessarily mean they can continue to have a relationship with you, unfortunately. Yeah. You're both the daughters from your last partner. How do you manage that relationship and how does your daughter, how do your daughters manage it? I think that they are very understanding and I think because they've always been around it. They've learned a lot and it's been good because I think there's more of a conversation in schools now about mental health. And I think they know that 
having lived with it and knowing how sort of hard I've worked to kind of work on my mental health, I think that's given them a lot of understanding of how I am. And because I've been very open with them, because I know from being a child, my father was bipolar as well, and he didn't manage his condition. And we lived in a very kind of unsure state of mind all the time because we didn't know what he'd be like or what his reactions would be. And I was sort of determined that my own children wouldn't go through that. So I've always talked to them about it, always tried to explain that if I do seem different, that it is, you know, a a medical thing and it's something that I can get through and that they don't have anything to worry about because it does get managed. So, you know, and as they've gotten older, they understand more. But at least we've always had that conversation. And I think that's so important to have the conversation. And in the country that you're living in right now, how do people see mental uh, illness as? Is it a stigma or is it accepted openly? In in the media and openly, it's accepted. And there's a lot of talk about erasing stigma. But in real life, if people don't understand it, then they are they are frightened or they're unsure. And even the people with the best best will in the world, when they find out you have something severe like bipolar disorder, there is a little flicker that goes over their eyes that they're like, I don't know how to talk to this person. I don't know what their reactions are going to be like. Are they going to do something that's going to make me feel insecure? And they don't mean to have that stigma, but it's just a lack of understanding. Because while we talk about mental health in general, we don't have as many people talking about what their personal experiences of it are and what it actually feels like on the inside and how they relate to the world. Because those of us with bipolar, we see the world in a completely different way because we've always had those heightened emotions um, and always had those sort of... I'm just I'm just interrupting you here. What is seeing yeah. the world in a completely different way? I think that because everything is so heightened your emotions are so extreme all the time that you're very very hypersensitive to other people's emotions and you also you make leaps of observation that perhaps other people because they aren't connected in that way uh, don't make but at the same time that own those benefits only last for so long before the mania or the depression becomes at a stage where it's physically and mentally painful and interrupts your thinking process at all But if you've always lived with a certain amount of pain, like any chronic pain, it does have an effect on how you view everyday things and how you view relationships with people. And at what point did you write the book? I had a breakdown about three years ago. um, And I had basically in my head said, that's it, I'm not writing anymore because it's too hard. It makes me too ill. Um, And I but then I started writing in order to kind of chart my recovery from the breakdown basically just as a therapeutic exercise to use my skills to kind of help heal myself. Mm-hmm. And the, a publisher read some of what I'd been writing online and asked me, would I consider uh, writing a full book about my experiences being bipolar, being a parent? Um, and so last year, I spent most of last year writing Bisection, which is the book. And it's basically a biography of the 16 years that my children and I have lived with bipolar disorder together. But hopefully approach from a kind of joyful and funny sometimes, sometimes sad, sometimes tragic, but in a way that kind of captures a whole life spent Mm. with bipolar disorder. And also all the normal parenting things that you have to do along the way through that lens of seeing it from that perspective. So, yeah, so it's it's just just come out now and it's my first full length sort of prose work. So I'm, I'm very excited about it, but I also hope it helps other people who have been through it because I know that I'm lucky enough to have a facility with words as a writer and I can express how I feel about it 
But some people, they are suffering the same things and they don't have that outlet. And uh, they they can't write and they can't express their feelings. And therefore, I feel I have a certain responsibility to say how I feel in the hopes that other people read it and feel maybe less alone, a little bit less isolated, knowing that someone else is going through it. And maybe laugh a little bit at the absurdities that happen when you're dealing with mental illness, because I think laughter is vitally important to maintaining sanity. Sure. And where is this book available? Uh, at the moment, it's in pre-orders from chinbeardbooks.com, but it will be available everywhere, Amazon, uh, across the world from 31st of July. Uh, but I just want to ask a few more questions in terms of the medication. Has the medication bettered your life? Yes, absolutely. I mm. always resisted it. I thought that I wouldn't be able to write and writing was the only thing that I kind of really clung on to. Mm. But since I've been on medication, I actually, I don't write as quickly. I don't have the same sort of leaps of imagination, but I'm much more disciplined. I'm much I'm much more capable of writing a, a long, sustained piece of work like the book. But for my life, it means that I actually am far more aware of my surroundings and far closer to people because I can actually connect with them on a far deeper basis because I'm not so stuck in my own head. But yeah, there are downsides to medication. I've, I've put weight on. Uh, I've, uh, I, it was very difficult in the beginning because it felt like your entire personality was being rewritten from the inside out. But now that I've found the right sort of mix of medication, I, I sleep better. I haven't had a major depressive or manic episode in about two years now, which is the longest I've ever gone in my life. Mm -hmm, and yeah, there's a lot of rebuilding to do from the damage that bipolar did. But I feel actually prepared and capable of doing it because I have now that little bit of distance from my my sort of more extreme emotions that I can see things a lot more clearly. And is there any alternate therapy as well? Because, you know, in India, everyone has been talking anti-pharma and saying they have a lot of side effects, as you just said. Of course, yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's worth always pointing out that medication is never going to be right for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, I think with bipolar disorder, there is a danger of becoming too fixated on anti-pharma when it is quite clearly a sort of chemical illness and therefore medication can have a huge effect. But there are side effects and there are people who are misprescribed things. As far as alternative therapies, um, alongside uh, um, medication, you know, being using mindfulness, being aware um, of talking therapies um, to address, because alongside bipolar disorder comes a lot of trauma. And the trauma isn't necessarily connected directly to the disorder. It's just come in its wake. And those things, you know, may need to be dealt with separately through um, through therapies, through meditation, through being aware of yourself and, and using relaxation techniques. Um, I've found medication has been sort of a saving grace for me. Um, other people have to find their own journey, but it's... Um, it's something you're constantly always looking for whatever you can do to bolster that assault. The more the more soldiers you have in the fight against it, the better. Okay. Do you want to add any bits in terms of uh, mental illness and parenting? I think, uh, obviously, to now that I've been parenting teenagers for a long time, there was a period where we crossed over where we were, all three of us, going through extreme emotions. And on the, on the one side, it became very difficult to, like, I needed to be the calm center. I needed to be the person who, who sort of pulled them back from the brink of sort of extreme emotions and helped them to kind of judge the world more fully. But sometimes I was right there on the precipice with them. And that's a difficulty. 
on the other side, I think I, because of what I've been through, I'm far more empathetic about what children are going through. And I could feel what my teenage daughters were going through. I knew what it felt like for a disappointment to feel like a mountain rather than a molehill. I knew what it felt like for a bad day to feel like it was going to last the rest of your life, which meant that I, I could have very open conversations with them without doing that terrible thing that parents sometimes do of saying, just pull yourself together. It's not a big deal. I know what it's like for things to feel like a big deal. And so with them, I think that really brought us closer because if they were having what seemed to be small problems to an adult, but were huge problems to a child, I was able to see it from their perspective. So what I've been through gave me that perspective. But also they've been able to see since I've gone back on medication and made real effort with looking after myself, with taking care of my problems, they're able to see that all problems are surmountable if you're willing to put the work in. And I think sure. that's probably the, great, the greatest gift that a parent can give a child is to know that, yes, you can get through anything, but you are going to have to work for it. And I think that's kind of the message that hopefully that they've taken on board, but also that um, they have empathy for other people, that they don't judge other people with mental illnesses because someone they love has gone through those same things. So they see people differently. I would wish bipolar disorder away in a second. I would love to just get rid of it. I have to take some comfort in the fact that it taught me these life lessons and I've been able to pass them on to my kids. But at the same time, kids are exhausting. And sometimes you, when they were smaller, you'd be at the edge of your own nerves all the time, trying not to let them see that. And I think if I hadn't chosen to be open with them, that's all they would remember was a father who was always on edge and always sort of ready to snap. But because now they know that when if I'm feeling that way, they know that literally it's just, dad, sit down, just take a minute. It's okay. And we're much closer for, for that. When you were bringing them up, did you take medication or you were off medication? I was off medication when they were smaller. I okay. sort of, you go through, you go through periods of remission, but then um, it, it will, episodes will crop up. And I sort of regret that because sometimes I was sort of not as, in the moment as I would like to have been. And, you know, we've talked about that since, you know, and they, they were being kids, they didn't notice half the time, but I felt the guilt of feeling like I wasn't my best self. And it was a lot of motivation for when I eventually did go back on medications, I didn't want to take the risk that that would continue. So, you know, f for them, I made some sort of big changes that I'd resisted for a long time. What are the laws there uh, when it comes to parenting? Uh, you know, uh, does the law allow a parent with mental illness to keep their children? Because in India, they don't yeah. allow that. Right. Okay. There are, there are certainly times if someone were to be um, sort of sectioned under the Mental Health Act, there would be the possibility that their children might get taken into care. There's no law preventing a parent with a mental illness who's managing it uh, from keeping their children. But there's always the danger um, that if, for instance, you, you lose control of your mental health, that if you don't have a partner there that would be looking after the children in your absence, that something like that might happen. So it is, it is a frightening thought of having your children taken away from you. So it can be a motivation uh, to look after yourself. Wonderful. I think if I have a final thought, it is that bipolar disorder is something you have. It's not something you are. 
that underneath any any chemical mis- imbalance or any struggles that you've been through, there is a whole person that needs to be respected and has a right to exist and to flourish. Kenton, thank you so much for your time and thanks for joining us from far thank away place. <laughs> thank, I hope thank you for having me. Far away. <laughs> and thank, thank you. you. Mental health and parenting. Uh, do check out Kenton's book by section, which is available on Amazon.uk and also various other sites, which we will mention it on our blog. You can also connect with us if you have an interesting story to share with us on mental health. You can write to us uh, on our metaphysical and epilog media handle, and also connect to us on our Twitter, on our Instagram, and our and also on our LinkedIn handle. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you guys next week.